Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. I'm thrilled to have my fairly new friend, Ashley Sears, in this week's Spotlight. I met Ashley last spring at a Boise Harvest Luncheon when our area coordinator, Mark Arenas, introduced us. It was really like, hey, Sandy, are you here with anybody? No. Well, good. I've got somebody you've got to meet. And he was right. Our initial conversation was like the appetizer before a fine meal. The problem was that before we could really meet, COVID hit. And because nothing I ever do is straightforward and easy, I was also supposed to meet with Ashley and Pastor Tom Doherty of Cloverdale Church of God. So now we're trying to work around COVID restrictions and three pretty full schedules. But it did eventually happen. Fast forward to today our September and October issue, where Ashley, along with her adorable hubby, Asher, found themselves on the cover of Christian Living Magazine. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sandy. No problem. So I have to ask, are you still speaking to me? (laughs) I am. I am still speaking to you. We are still friends. You did warn me, though, (laughs) being on the cover of a magazine. Um, It's been great, actually. We have been stopped. We've gotten texts of ourselves on magazines. My daughter actually was outside of an Albertsons and she took a picture of it and sent it to me. And she said, hey, I know these people. And um, yes, we've we've been met with a lot of really great encouragement um, for the most part. So, well, I hope I hope that it's been a positive experience. That's good. I, I had one other cover story tell me one time they didn't realize that, according to them, we were literally everywhere <laughs> and they could no longer go to the grocery store in their sweats. So, you know, that's funny. I, I do try to warn our cover, our current cover stories, you know, this this could get you a little of attention. Yeah, it's definitely got us attention. I still go to the store in my sweats, but um, that hasn't been that hasn't been an issue thus far. I will tell you, though, with positive things and with doing something like this, especially with our story in particular, um, there is sometimes negativity. And so um, while we've been met with some really great encouragement and really great positivity and support, um, we have gotten a little bit of um, flack, if you will, from Asher's family, actually. It's, you know... A little pushback. Yeah, yeah, a little pushback. We've um, been met with some pushback, and um, but that's okay because when we have people coming to church asking to speak to specifically Asher and I um, to hear more of our story and to gain support and to hear more about Pure Desire Ministries and to get help, it makes it all worth it because that's that's really what we're trying to do. So, well, the the core, and we'll get more into your story here in just a little bit, but the core part of um, our ministry and you and Asher's ministry is showing hope right. and promise. And and in your particular case, um, it wasn't that many years ago that there really was no help and no hope. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that there's been that pushback, but at the same time, so eternally grateful for those that you've been able to give that hope and promise to. For sure. Um, so, yeah, you know, that that is the whole hope of, of our ministry is to give hope and promise. Right. And so I, I was so deeply personally touched when I heard your stories. And so um, so um, tell us a little bit about 
Ashley. <laughs> Who is Ashley? Well, I'm a wife, obviously. Um, I am a mom to three awesome kids. Um, I have a teenager and I have two elementary school age boys. I work as the women's director currently at Bridgepoint Church in Boise. And um, so I, I do that. I'm also the founder of Stories Unveiled. Um, and that's really what consumes most of my life. So <laughs> that's good. I had somebody ask me, oh, a year or so ago, you know, what kind of hobbies did I have? And I said, <laughs> you know, um, I love what I do. And I, and I don't have to have a lot of craft things because I lay out ads. So, you know, <laughs> so I get that. I get that. If, if you're really passionate about what you do, that does seem to consume right. so much. So you, you brought up Stories Unveiled. Mm-hmm. And I know that three weeks ago, you had your um, Stories Unveiled annual conference. Correct. And um, I was able to catch about half of it. Um, I registered independently and was watching. We were supposed to be out of town. We ended up staying at home. But we had company from out of town. And um, she joined us. And at one point, it the conversation triggered something in her and she needed to talk. And so I unfortunately was not able to finish, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners what Stories Unveiled is and and tell us a little bit about your conference. Okay. Um, yeah. So Stories Unveiled is a conference that we do every year. Um, throughout the year, I spend time meeting with women, hearing their stories, um, and it kind of all comes to a head in one very large event each year in September, in the fall. And um, it's live worship. It's um, a few creative elements. I have a very talented friend who does um, spoken words, and his was just awesome this year. And then we have speakers. So we have teaching speakers, and we have storytelling speakers. And um, really, the storytelling speakers are the heart of the whole conference. Um, There are women that stand up on the platform and they share their stories of hope and redemption and brokenness. And they're just vulnerable, sometimes for the first time. Sometimes these women have never shared their stories. Um, One woman in particular um, this last year had never shared the story except for with her husband. And um, I caught her segment. It was powerful. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's really incredible what God does when you step out of the fear of sharing your story and thinking, well, what are people going to think? And and you step into just following what God has and being real with people and then glorifying God in that because so many people will hear the story and say, oh my gosh, like they can relate to it. Even if they've never actually been through it, they can relate to it in some way. And so... And that's what I do. I just offer a platform for women to be able to share their stories and um, claim victory over them. And, you know, we're all a process. So not not every woman, actually not any woman on the stage has arrived, you know, um, but we're all just a process and still just um, being able to shine light on what God does through our stories. And so, um, yeah, this year we actually had a discussion panel as well on grief. That was the first time that we had done a discussion panel, and that was really awesome. Three different types of grief, three different stories with grief in it. Our our own Katie Nelson was yep. on that panel, yeah. She was, yeah. So um, that was really that was really great. Um, this year in particular, we did a live virtual event because of COVID. We could not um, be all in one room, unfortunately. And, you know, I learned two things during the event. 
Um, one was that when we are all able to be back together face to face and doing live events again, um, I most certainly will do that. <laughs> um, there was a moment that I thought, well, maybe I'll just do virtual events from now on because they are actually easier set up, tear down, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but we definitely will be in person again when we can. Um, the other thing I learned is that there actually is no replacing the fact that you can reach so many pe- so many more people with a live stream capability like we had. So moving forward, providing um, sponsorship and stuff allows uh, we would like to do in-person face-to-face events again, but live streaming because we just reached so many more people this year than we ever have been able to. That was cool. That yeah. was cool. I, I talked to a pastor recently whose church live streamed the event and and although he's a guy, mm-hmm. he was talking about how impactful it was. And so so you live stream. So it was a virtual event. Yes. So I'm assuming that like other live streaming things, that there is a video file somewhere. There if is. If someone missed the event or they caught it and they want to replay something, is is that available? So it is available, um, not for free, because the event was free. Um, it was up all weekend. and um, But... It is a file um, that I have. So um, at the storiesunveiledconference.com website, um, there is a digital download pack. It's only $10. It's not very much money. But um, for $10, you get all the notes. You get um, actually you get some fun freebie downloads. You get recipe cards because the goal was for um, to host a watch party and stuff. And you get all sorts of free stuff um, in that. And then $10 is for the digital um, download. So you have unlimited access to it. Awesome. And that will then help um, recover some of the costs for this year because it it's not free to put these things on. It most certainly and, is not. And maybe help start the fund for next year. Right. So that's awesome. Right. I, I love that. So I know your story um, because we've had more than more than a couple of opportunities to sit and talk. Um, and we, we commented earlier today as we were chatting before we went on air um, about, you know, the article we, we did on you. I, I started it with, you know, when you meet Ashley Sears, she's anything but a victim. And I've had a couple of people ask me, you know, how, how do you describe Ashley? And, and, and I always just laugh and tell them, if you ever get to hear all of Ashley's story, let's just say Ashley could have her own Hallmark channel, but you would <laughs> never know it to meet her because she's just a strong, self-assured, um, not arrogant. There's not none of that there, but you're just, you're, you've healed. God has done miracles through you. So I know that there's a story that brings you full circle to Stories Unveiled. And I'm hoping that you can take some time this morning and and share that with our listeners today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started Stories Unveiled because we had my husband and I had started coming out of a pretty rough season. My husband and I have been married for 15 years, and um, for about 10 years of that, the first 10 years of our marriage, um, my husband struggled with a pornography addiction. And I didn't know until almost two years into our marriage. And at that point, you know, we were married and um, my husband was a brand, brand new Christian. And um, he it was kind of the one last thing left um, from his you know, previous life, so to speak, that he was having a hard time letting go of um, back then. We didn't actually know that pornography like it's an it's an addiction it's an issue it's a struggle and it's something that you know my husband very much 
thought he could just stop doing. And so when I found out about two years into our marriage, um, I told him that. I said, just stop. Just stop doing that. And he really thought that he could. And I naively also thought that it was as simple as that. And so, um, you know, fast forward the roller coaster of 10 years and we, you know, three kids later, he still struggled and we went through seasons where, you know, he lied about it and he kept it from me and he, we tried counseling and he tried recovery groups. I'm not specific to pornography addiction, but, um, lots of different recovery things and, um, nothing stuck. What I think two things happened. One, he didn't hate his struggle and his sin enough. He hadn't hit a bottom. And also, um, I think that he really just thought it was that easy to just stop. And so he kind of white knuckled it and um, would stop for a little while and then something would happen and he'd get stressed out or we'd fight or something would happen and he would start doing it again. And, um, you know, I wouldn't find out about it until months later. And we just kind of rode this roller coaster until I got to the point where I said enough is enough. And um, I thought we hit a really great stride. We had an incredible counselor. We had been with her for a very long time until um, she ended up moving back home to the South, but we were in a really good place. And so um, that was about five or so years ago. At this point, there was a gentleman that had come to Bridgepoint Church, which is where we attend and I work. And he uh, brought this organization called Pure Desire. It's a whole ministry and they have all sorts of things, but um, they primarily focus on sex and pornography addictions. And this gentleman said, I would really love to bring this series called the Conquer Series and the Seven Pillars, which is just recovery and healing for men with a porn and sex addiction. And um, through a series of conversations and whatnot, um, we decided that it would be a great idea. This is something that people in general don't talk about, but especially in the Christian community, it's very taboo and very much full of shame. And, um, you know, it's ironic. I think that alcoholism and drug addiction in the Christian community is far more acceptable than um, pornography. And so it's a hard thing to step out of. So we decided to have it. And I told my husband, you've got to go to this. You just, you need to support these men and, you know, our story and this whole thing. And he was, you know, accepting of it. And so he went to just, you know, check it out, so to speak. I say that in quotes to just check it out. And um, it was a couple weeks into it that he came home and just, he had finally hit his bottom. But what I didn't know is that he had been keeping from me the whole time um, that he was still involved in this struggle. He was still involved in um, viewing pornography and he disclosed everything to me. And um, I that, just. That had to hit. It hard. did. It, you know, you, you thought everything was fine. I did. Yeah. I thought everything was fine. I thought we were good. Um, I thought our marriage was doing really well. I thought he was doing really well. And, you know, ignorance is bliss, I guess. But. Um, in hindsight, I'm really glad that he told me how he did and when he did. But man, yeah, it. I hit a point where I said, you need to figure this out or I'm gone. I'm done. Um, three kids and, you know, I, I feel like a, you know, over a decade of marriage and I couldn't, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to have a marriage like this, raising a daughter thinking that this is okay and raising boys, you know, um, with this generational sin, it's just not something that I wanted to do. Well, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand is there's, there's the way we're hardwired, we're, you know, we're all created differently. And, mm -hmm. and the way we're hardwired, um, 
to have as a woman having that going on in your home triggers a chemical response mm-hmm. within you too. Mm-hmm. You had you had brought that up in one of our one of our conversations, and um, and it hit home with me. And I went, you know, you're right. And so it's not just a matter of he's he's you know my husband has this issue and it doesn't really impact me. It does because chemically it sets off a whole string of emotions for you to deal with. And so it's it's yeah. not just an intolerance. And and I hope that our listeners understand that is that um, you're not you weren't just being um, selfish or prudish by any stretch of the imagination, but you were dealing with your own emotions at this point and protecting your children. That's correct. Yeah. And the chemical response that you're talking about. Yeah. It's, um, it's actually, if you were to do an MRI study of two brains, um, the chemical response in a woman's brain when finding out when being disclosed to about, um, infidelity of any kind, whether it's an affair or pornography or whatever it is, the same chemical reaction in the brain is that of a rape victim. And so, yeah, it's it's a traumatic experience. It's yes. trauma. And so um, that definitely triggers a whole set of emotions. And then, you know, we as women have to heal from that. The men have to heal and and figure out, you know, why they're doing what they're doing and get recovery and healing from that. But so do the women because it affects us greatly. But, yeah, we got to a point where Asher was going to Pure Desire. He worked through the seven pillars and he was doing, I saw the change. It wasn't just lip service and words. I saw changed behaviors. I saw that he was finding freedom in this, which was incredible. It was the first program, the first thing that was very specific to this issue that um, he actually was doing the work and the things that they talk about and the things that they dive into really help men gain the tools instead of just praying it away or just, you know, quote, doing better. And so um, I saw the change. But for me, I was still stuck and I was still really upset and I was still very angry and bitter. And um, I knew that I had to make a change in myself and I had to figure out how to get past this or leave. I mean, those were really my decisions. And I didn't feel released for my marriage. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to get better. And so that's what I did. I kind of started on this journey to find, you know, healing myself. And um, in that started just speaking up more about me and Asher's story. And Asher and I decided, you know, this is what we were going to do. We were going to be real and be honest about our struggles because, Um, Sin can't live in the light. And we surely knew that we were not the only couple struggling with this, especially in the church. And so um, that's what we did. And in that journey, I just, it broke my heart how many people's stories are very similar and that this is so much more rampant than anybody could imagine. And so um, out of that, birth stories unveiled because I just found myself in this place of like, you know, people need to share their stories. People need to be real and be honest about their lives and their struggles because God can do God can do anything even if you're not real about it. But man, the minute you open up and you shed light on struggles and you shed light on um, what's going on and you can point it back to God, he does some amazing things. And so um, that's kind of where Stories Unveiled was was born. Well, one of the first things you ever said to me when I first met you was everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. And and that's so true. Everyone does have a story. But the enemy wants to whisper in your ear and tell you you're all alone. Nobody will understand. Nobody wants to hear. And that's so untrue. And the thing I love about Stories Unveiled is 
um, these these ladies who so boldly and so bravely come forward and share their stories mm-hmm. also share the hope of healing and reconciliation. Right. And so, and sometimes it's not reconciliation like you and I would picture reconciliation. Right. But reconciling with peace. Mm-hmm. And so that's that is so incredibly awesome. So, do you have any takeaways from this year's Stories Unveiled event? Just that I'm, I continue to be encouraged by women that come forward that want to share their stories. You know, I don't necessarily seek women out. Um, women typically will reach out to me. Occasionally, I'll ask someone whose story I know. Um, but t- women typically are encouraged and empowered by the event or by what Stories Unveiled is doing. And they want to share, share their story. And so um, I'm just always really encouraged and so proud of the women that want to step out of that shame or fear or um, stronghold of keeping everything so close to the chest. And so um, I just something I learned that God continues to show me is that I'm doing what he has called me to do. And I'm just really excited to be a part of it. So And he blesses that obedience. You know, that's. Right. Um, this radio show has been a complete (laughs) step of faith because it's out of my comfort zone. I've sat on that side of the table many times and, um, I kept, I kept saying, I'm not ready. I haven't had enough training. I haven't done enough research. And that's, I love that about Stories Unveiled because, um, as, as I understand your past, you didn't have that training. You didn't have that, but you knew that that's what you were called to do. And you plunged in with both feet and um, I love that the first year you had, what, three empty seats? And, yeah, yeah. And, and so the second year, you you doubled the size of your location, yep. and and it was pretty much a sellout. And yep. then this year, you got to go virtual. We did. And we were in um, at least two countries. The analytics don't show me um, which countries. It just says 85% of the U.S. and 15% other countries. So um, we were at least in one other country. Um, and I think it was Canada. But um, yeah, we um, we definitely expanded. We at least doubled, but potentially quadrupled. You know, that's so funny. I, I was visiting with a, an area pastor the other day, and he was talking about live streaming church. Mm-hmm. And he said that a year ago, they were set up for live streaming. But he didn't want um, his parishioners to get lazy and not come to <laughs> church because they could stay home in their jammies and yep. watch church. And so he delayed um, starting live streaming until um, COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, felt like he was like so many others forced into it. And, and he was so excited to share with me that today, not only is he still reaching his congregation and, and they're at 70% attendance, and so he's still got some high-risk people that are at home watching live streaming, but that he is reaching people in other states and in other regions. And he's even had some reach out to him that are people that would never walk in the door of a church, but because of live streaming, mm-hmm. he's able to reach out and touch their lives. And I think that God has through COVID, helped ministries like Stories Unveiled find that they're going to be able to grow exponentially faster than they ever dreamed. And I'm looking forward to seeing next year's event and, and how it reaches out and impacts so many lives. Thank you again for joining me today. I look forward to many great conversations. Yes, absolutely. And for our listeners, thank you for joining us today. I hope that you'll come back next week. We have another great guest lined up with some more encouraging stories. And until then, until next time, God bless. 
This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.